Debate continues in the central government over what to do with a tax surplus in 2022. On Wednesday, Premier Su Zhenchang said the cabinet was currently leaning toward handouts of 6,000 NT cash each to all Taiwan nationals after the Lunar New Year. Over in the legislature, there is some disagreement over the timing of the payments, with the KMT urging payments before the Lunar New Year holiday. One DPP official says the time frame is too short to complete legislative procedures. The government reported a tax surplus of 450 billion NT in 2022. Some of that will go toward propping up the economy and subsidizing electricity costs. But 180 billion NT is expected to be split between an emergency fund and cash payments to the public. Premier Su Jin Chang on Wednesday revealed the details. From the 180 billion NT, we aim to put 40 billion NT aside for emergencies and use the remaining 140 billion NT to be shared with the public. And everyone, regardless of age, can have a share of these economic achievements. We hope that following the Lunar New Year, everyone can get this New Year blessing. However, we have some work to do on this, and we will need to get the approval of the legislature. Sue set the tone, calling for red envelopes of 6,000 NT for the public, which would be distributed over the Lunar New Year holiday. However, the KMT had different ideas, demanding the payments be made ahead of the holiday. It can definitely be done in time. The current plan is to extend the legislative session to January 13th, but I propose extending it for another week to January 20th. If the cabinet sends the proposal over, I will quickly call a cross-party meeting to discuss it. If things go smoothly, it is possible it could be approved in time. The sooner the better, of course. However, everything has to go through legislative procedures. Holding an extraordinary session and then getting everything done in a week would be like climbing a tree to catch a fish. It's impossible. In a rare show of cross-party consensus, both the KMT and DPP hope to share the tax surplus with the public through cash payments. However, whether the KMT's wish to dispense payments before the holidays is possible remains to be seen. NATO Secretary General Anders Fogh Rasmussen is on a three-day visit to Taiwan. On Wednesday morning, President Tsai Ing-wen received the Danish politician and his delegation at the presidential office. She thanked the former NATO head for inviting her to attend the Copenhagen Democracy Summit for three years in a row, giving Taiwan an opportunity to share its experiences with democratization and its response to authoritarian challenges. Let's hear what she said. Like many other successful democratic countries, Taiwan once experienced authoritarian rule. We understand very well that democracy and freedom do not come easily and should not be taken for granted. Indeed, this only makes us value such precious assets all the more. Taiwan stands on the front line of defending global democracy in the face of unceasing authoritarian expansionism. Last week, we announced our military force realignment plan. Going forward, we will continue to increase our overall national defense capabilities and cooperate with more democratic allies to safeguard peace, security and stability throughout the Indo-Pacific. The world's democracies represent 60% of the global economy. If we can work together then we are representing a formidable force that will create respect in Beijing and other capitals of autocratic nations. 
Today, Taiwan is a solid democracy that belongs to the family of the world's democracies. Rasmussen emphasized that Taiwan is a strong democracy and a member of the global democratic camp. Rasmussen previously visited Taiwan in 1994 and said he was impressed with Taiwan's progress as a beacon of democracy. He also had words of praise for the president and said he was honored to have her take part in the Copenhagen Democracy Summit over the past three years. Demand for next-gen COVID shots is up in Taiwan as the daily COVID tally slowly grows. According to the CECC, more than 120,000 people got a vaccine over the New Year holiday. And as of Monday, more than 1 million people in Taiwan had received a shot against the BA5 variant. Medical experts say getting vaccinated is the best way to be protected this Lunar New Year, especially new variants are brought in from overseas arrivals. With COVID cases once again on the rise, demand has been growing for next-gen vaccines. Over in Chengde Market in Taipei's Nangang District, all 250 online appointments for a morning vaccination session were filled up on Wednesday. People arrived in the early morning for a shot. During the Lunar New Year, people travel more and gather more. I have some relatives coming from outside and friends coming back. The vaccine can help everyone stay protected. Experts say a new COVID wave may sweep Taiwan over the Lunar New Year. According to the CECC, more than 120,000 people got a next-gen shot over the New Year long weekend. That means that as of Monday, almost 1.12 million people had received a shot of the next-generation vaccines targeting the BA5 subvariant. This man says he came over to get his shot as soon as he was eligible. I got infected before, which means I had to wait three months. Now that that time is up, I rushed over to get a shot. A doctor says that with high positivity rates in flights arriving from China and the XBB15 subvariant displacing the BQ1 subvariant in the US, Taiwan could see a rise of mixed infections. He says the number of cases could go up, as well as the number of people with severe symptoms. Bringing in new viruses from abroad will increase the complexity of COVID in Taiwan. The period of high case counts could drag on for longer. With the Lunar New Year coming up, Taiwan must ensure that it has enough medical capacity. That's the first thing we should pay attention to. The new bivalent vaccines have been proven to lower the mortality rate in older adults by a third, so they will be of great help to saving medical resources. Doctors advise high-risk groups such as older adults to get a next-gen shot as soon as possible to be protected in the upcoming COVID wave. New stats from the Health Promotion Administration shed light on the rise of cancer in Taiwan. Based on 2020 figures, someone in Taiwan was diagnosed with cancer every 4 minutes and 19 seconds. In 2020, some 121,000 people had cancer. However, the mortality rate is falling thanks to cases being detected more quickly. Officials say regular screenings are vital to catch cancer before it's too late. Five years ago, beloved variety performer Zhuge Liang passed away after developing bowel cancer. That same disease took the life of his friend, TV host He Yihang. And in 2022, the daughter of singer Yu Tian, bowel cancer has been heading the list of top 10 cancers in Taiwan for 15 years now. 
in 2020, a total of 16,829 new cases of bowel cancer were diagnosed. Newly published figures from the Health Promotion Administration show that 121,979 people were diagnosed with cancer in 2020, 725 more than the year before. That also pushed the cancer clock forward one second, meaning that every four minutes, 19 seconds, a new case of cancer is detected. The top five most common cancers in Taiwan are bowel cancer, lung cancer, oral cancer, liver cancer, and prostate cancer. Of the new cancer cases that were found in 2020, more were among men, about 63,000. There were about 58,000 among women. The top types of cancer among men are bowel cancer, lung cancer, and oral cancer. The most common types for women are breast cancer, lung cancer, and bowel cancer. Although the number of cases has risen, the mortality rate is falling, linked with the speed at which cases are diagnosed. Doctors urge the public to get tested regularly. The Health Promotion Administration offers breast cancer screenings. I think the bowel cancer screening is an extremely cost-effective test. I would encourage everyone who is eligible for it to get the screening when they're due, taking advantage of this time when the pandemic is receding. As COVID fades away, there are lots of other health issues we may need to pay more attention to. Experts say that as well as cultivating good habits to stay healthy, getting regular checks and screenings is one of the best ways to catch silent killers early and prevent them from developing. This one is for all those Leonardo da Vinci fans out there. An exhibition of works by the famed Italian artist portrayed through the medium of high-tech is being held in Taipei. Through 5G technology and immersive digital art, visitors get to learn more about this renaissance genius. They also get to see some of his most iconic works virtually, such as the Mona Lisa. The exhibition will be held until January 29th. Our reporter Stephanie Yang shows us some highlights. The Last Supper is projected on a screen behind me. Organizers have also set up a table for visitors to eat and take photos. There is also a painting of Mona Lisa projected on five walls with classical music playing in the background. This exhibition titled The Man Behind the Myth, Leonardo da Vinci Taipei is dedicated to the famed Renaissance artist. This Taipei exhibition has two major highlights. The first highlight is that besides recreating the entire dining table scene of the Last Supper, the table is the largest in the current touring exhibition. In the past, other countries had a three-meter-big table, but in Taipei, due to the advantages of the venue, we stretched the length of the table to about nine meters. We also showcased his manuscripts, science, medicine, art, etc. for everyone to see. Da Vinci was a painter, engineer, scientist, theorist, sculptor, and architect. The exhibition is divided into six areas that introduce the artist and showcase his career highlights. We use 4K projectors and 2K ground projectors to create an immersive environment. When viewing the exhibition, it will feel as if we have returned to the Renaissance era and see Da Vinci's works appearing in front of us. The works will be on display till January 29th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Chen Kui Hong in Taipei.
Despite the copious rainfall in northern Taiwan, southern Taiwan has had a dry spell. On Wednesday, Premier Su Zhenchang led an inspection of Zhengwen Reservoir in Jiayi amid concerns of an impending water shortage later this year. Su urged engineers to speed up construction of a pipeline connecting to the reservoir to Nanhua Reservoir so that Tainan and Kaohsiung can better regulate their water supply. Amid estimates that southern Taiwan will experience water shortages this year, Premier Su Zhenchang headed to Dunwen Reservoir on Wednesday to get a better understanding of the situation. I'm thankful to the heavens for bringing abundant rains to Taiwan, but with these extreme weather events, there has been a great difference between the north and the south. In the north, reservoirs are regularly discharging water, but here in the south, Tsungwen Reservoir is just at 28% capacity. We must work hard to adjust the supply, and let's hope we stay in heaven's good graces. Southern Taiwan tends to see less rain after fall and winter. Already back in December, Tainan issued a yellow alert for water shortages, meaning water pressure has been lowered in the city. Premier Su says the speed of construction will be sped up on a pipe connecting Zhengwen Reservoir and Nanhua Reservoir, which would allow Tainan and Kaohsiung to share water resources. He added that a top priority would be to reuse water as much as possible and reduce waste. This needs to be sped up so that construction can wrap up next year. It is an extremely important project to connect water resources in Kaohsiung, Tainan and the Gaoping River. The government is investing 12.7 billion NT in this project and we hope it will be done as soon as possible. Su said that the relevant government agencies were taking action to prevent major water shortages like in 2021. The Labor Union of Taoyuan International Airport Services, which does baggage handling and aircraft maintenance for China Airlines, reached an agreement with the company's management on Wednesday. A strike that was supposed to take place over the Lunar New Year holiday was thus averted. The union demanded various wage and bonus adjustments, all of which China Airlines agreed to. The Taoyuan International Airport Services chair walks out of a meeting room and boards a car waiting outside. A meeting with the company's union about annual bonuses and salaries went smoothly, avoiding airport disruptions over the Lunar New Year holiday. The meeting just now, the labor management meeting, has left us optimistic. We are optimistic about meeting all of the demands. The union also expressed optimism over the results of the meeting. Its demands included an increase to 75 NT per hour of subsidies for employees working overnight hours and a general salary increase of 4%. It also asked for an additional pay increase for aircraft mechanics and yearly bonuses of one month salary plus 95,000 NT for all unions members. The company agreed to all demands, avoiding potential strike action. Before the meeting, the union had demonstrated in front of its office, putting up banners and effigies and shouting demands. The labor management negotiations have been ongoing since February last year, with meetings taking place in May, June, September and December. Now a solution has been reached just days after similar complaints resulted in a walkout by EVA Air's ground crew. If the talks hadn't gone well, we would have taken to the streets on Friday in 10 tour buses. We would have headed to the transport ministry to hold a meeting of our representatives and discussed follow-up strike action.
The union had originally planned for war and had told its members to prepare for possible strike action over the Lunar New Year holiday. The agreement means the airport won't need to operate without ground crew during the busy long holiday. The pandemic has had an impact on many economies around the world, especially those countries that rely heavily on tourism. One of them is Taiwan's diplomatic ally, Palau, which is now offering $100 U.S. to all Taiwan passport holders visiting the island. The policy, which will be in effect until the end of March, is hoped to boost tourism from Taiwanese. A travel agent says its itineraries to Palau have been 80 to 90 percent booked. Let's hear from a representative. We've been receiving a lot of inquiries, especially about our four-day packages. Taiwan is chilly, with cold spells blowing in. Palau is more tropical, and it's a classic destination for resort tourism. Currently, there are two flights every week. We're selling about 80% to 90% of our packages. Palau has been a diplomatic ally of Taiwan's over 20 years. Taiwan tourist arrivals reached a high in 2004 with 41,000 visitors. Since then, members' numbers have steadily declined to 15,000 just before the pandemic in 2019. The number further fell to just over 2,000 in 2020 and went only slightly up to just over 2,600 with travel bubble arrangements in 2021. The National Sports Training Center has a new project to get athletes speaking English. The prestigious sports institution has written new teaching materials to help members of the national team chat with their peers overseas. The new English course runs for one and a half years and is aimed at athletes from all fields. To celebrate the launch, pro athletes entered an English language contest. Figure skater Chen Yifan was crowned King of English for his strong command of the language. It's like figure skating, but on car surface, like wooden floor. See what I'm doing? Boxer Chen Yanqin and figure skater Chen Yifan show off their fluent English, the result of much hard work. They can chat easily with other sports people and professionals when they compete abroad. Your grammar and pronunciation might not be quite right, but I think if you dare to just bravely open your mouth, then gradually you can progress from single words to chatting fluently with media people or friends. The National Sports Training Center has published a new sports English course to help athletes and coaches improve their language skills. The course takes 18 months to complete and offers English lessons applicable to all sports, as well as situational lessons. Being able to communicate in English is also a way to express good sportsmanship. It brings visibility to your event and to your country. You can use methods like reading along to an audio track, and after hearing the native speakers say it, you repeat it back, copying their intonation and tone. I think methods like that are very effective. Figure skater Chen Yifan won first place in the English contest at the NSTC. The athlete also won gold for inline skating at the World Skate Games in 2022. The NSTC wants its athletes and coaches to develop a culture of English language learning and promote cross-cultural exchange when they compete overseas. Today we meet Su Xiaobai, a master of lacquer painting, a centuries-old technique that involves painting with several layers of lacquer on canvas, porcelain or other surfaces. In his latest exhibition in Taipei, the artist is using just one color, blue. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Sue to find out more about his works. Walk into the gallery and the entire room is filled with artwork in different shades of blue. 
These are the artworks of Su Xiaobai. He was deeply inspired by the novel Ulysses by Irish writer and literary critic James Joyce. The cover of the novel's 1922 edition is blue, which inspired Su to work tirelessly to master the art of using different shades of the color. In his latest exhibition in Taiwan, he decided to organize a blue monochrome exhibition. The first time I saw the cover of the original edition of Ulysses, published in 1922, I was impressed by that light Greek blue. What I felt when I saw that blue cover was that the blue I painted with before was not blue enough and not good enough. I just wanted to draw a blue painting like the cover of Ulysses, which inspired me and affected me very deeply. Sue's technique of painting with lacquer involves mixing the lacquer with oils and clay, and painting with a mixture on wood, linen, sackcloth, and bricks. He said it is a long and laborious process. I painted with a variety of shades of blue. The colors give a chilly sensation, and there are differences between the hues. There are 16 different squares in this painting. The color of each square is a different shade of blue. It was difficult to make different shades of blue in such a small grid. I will continue to pass this technique on, and perhaps use more stone and wax and make it milder. After three years, Su is back in Taiwan to exhibit his works. He says he hopes to continue to master his lacquer technique. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Lu Bo Tong in Taipei.